0: Hello, I'm Dr. Rodney Barlow, and I want to welcome you to my podcast. What I will be discussing on this podcast will be from the subject titled, From Barrenness to Blessing. My subtopic will be Covenant of Fruitfulness. I'm going to be sharing blockages that might attempt to hinder your faith. when want talk about the word covenant and blessing, and then I want to release my faith with yours. Believe in God for that miracle promise. But before I begin, I want to start by thanking you for tuning in again to our podcast, for you leaving your reviews, you subscribing, and sharing with your friends and family on this teaching. I would love to hear how this message has blessed you, as well as hearing your testimonies. It encouraged me, as well as others. Thank you once again, and let's go into the Word. Today, I want to talk to you about the covenant of fruitfulness. You see, the covenant of truthfulness is a binding agreement between two parties. But we first, we want to identify several blockages that may attempt to hinder your faith. See, the first one that we want to address is unbelief. You see, unbelief is the enemy to your faith. Unbelief can short-circuit God's power from manifesting your desired result. Now, the Bible talks about, in Mark chapter 6, Verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he, talking about Jesus, could do no mighty work there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and held them. Then verse 6 says this, And he marveled because of their unbelief. Notice That same Jesus, who performed many mighty miracles, was only able to do a few because of the people' unbelief. You see, unbelief can short circuit God's power when manifested on your behalf. But you know, then there's another biblical account in Matthew chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. It says, when Jesus departed, from the two blind men, follow him, crying out, saying, "Son of David, have mercy on us." And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he, Jesus, touched their eyes, said, According to your faith, let it be to you. As you see, one group only saw a few miracles, a few healings, because the unbelief short circuit. These two men Jesus asked them, do you believe? And they said, yes. And they received their miracle. I believe that your faith is going to cause that miracle promise that you've been waiting for to manifest. Another hindrance or blockage could be a lack of faith. You know, James chapter 1 says, but let him ask in faith, when he's praying, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he should receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So in other words, you start in faith, you start believing, but you know years start to um, go. One year after the next year, I, I remember my wife and I when we started believing for when we wanted to have a family after our two years being married. Well, it was not another eight years later before. Our daughter came. What am I saying? Don't waver just because it's taking a little time. You know, lack of faith can be a hindrance, could be a blockage. But I'm so glad what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. He said, For shall I say to you, whoever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he said will be done, he will have. Whatever he say, so you see here, regardless what's going on in your head, don't doubt in your heart, keep believing. Why? Because faith is an expression of our confidence in God and in His Word. You know, Jesus said, "If you can believe, all things are possible to Him who believes." So you may say, "So what? what do I do when seem like you know it's not happening after the first month and the, the next three months and six months?" Well, we get so much encouragement from Hebrews, chapter 10, and that verse 35 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have needed patience that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So the promise may seem afar off, but just exercise patience and watch and let's believe God. Number three, the next hindrance or blockage could be that age factor. Oh, And I can identify with that, but I do remember well. and But I do remember my mother and my parents, she says, son, regardless, God is going to give you the strength and the grace, and you're going to have, you know, fun with your child. So don't let the age factor, meaning I feel like I'm getting old Will I be able to play with my child? No, that's just the trick of the enemy to try to get you stop and believe in God for your promise. But you know what? There's people in the Bible that was getting older, but yet God blessed them. Let's let's look at some for a few minutes in Genesis chapter eighteen, verse eleven. It says that Abraham and Sarah were old, not young, but were old, and that was not enough. Then the next part of that verse says, well advanced in age, and Sarah has passed the age of childbearing. So we see here that, you know, oftentimes we feel like we're by ourselves, but Father Abraham, it says Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. But what happened? Genesis 21 verse 2 says, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time. Look at God at the set time which God has spoken to him. So we see here, although there was older, but the promise still came to pass. Luke chapter one verse seven, talk about Elizabeth, but they had no child. Elizabeth and her husband John was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. But let's keep going. Verse thirty six. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the six months for her who was called barren. So you see here, she's a cousin, she's a relative of Mary who had Jesus. And now Elizabeth conceived a son in her old age. But you know the Bible says, "For with God nothing will be impossible." So regardless of what age you are right now presently, as long as you have the desire in your heart and you and your husband are in agreement, and I believe that this is not by chance that you're listening to this podcast because God has a miracle waiting for you. Now, the next blockage could be the science factor. You see, when I say the science factor, medical science, and I thank God for medical science, But whatever the report you have been given, that if you uphold that over the scripture, over the word of God, you can lose contact with God when you're overly devoted to the facts of science. You see, facts must be confronted with truth of God's word, because facts are in no way superior to the truth when you're believing for a miracle. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 1, who has believed our report? and to whom has the arm of the Lord has been revealed. You know, Jeremiah says it like this. Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, and there's nothing too hard for you. So there's nothing too hard for God to do for you. You see, the covenant of fruitfulness is a binding agreement between two parties. You see, God and yourself. You see, the Bible says in Genesis, Chapter 1, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Mel and female he created them. So you see here, the good news is that God already prophesied. God already declared a word over his creation. You say, well, what did he say? Verse 28, then God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God blessed them. So you see here, God spoke a word, a blessing upon his creation. And you find in Genesis 17, verse 7, it says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you. Talk about Abraham and your descendants, we are included, after you and their generations, for everlasting covenant to be God to you and your seed and your descendants after you. You see, that's some good news right there. Why? Because that lets me know that, see, God not only wanted to bless Abraham and Sarah, but God wanted to bless us as well. You see, we have a covenant blessing on our lives that has been passed down from generation to generation, from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob to Joseph, and it kept on going down. For example, I read about Abraham and Sarah, and what did the Lord do? The Lord opened the womb. You see, the truth is Jesus is a womb opener and closer. The Bible talks about in Revelation chapter three, verse seven, He who has the key of David, He who opens. And no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. So it's good news to know that that God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, they are in agreement with what God has for you and I. And God is the one who opened the doors and closed doors. And we see in Genesis 21, the Lord visited Sarah. And when God visited Sarah, she conceived. And I believe, guess what, the Lord is going to visit you as well. And you and your spouse is going to conceive. When I think about Isaac and Rebecca in Genesis chapter 25, Isaac, get this, was 40 years old when he took Rebecca as his wife. But you know what? Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his request, and she conceived. And I believe you and I, we're going to touch and agree, and we're going to believe God. And you're going to conceive as well. Why the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. When I think about Jacob and Rachel in Genesis chapter 30, the Bible says, Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. You can put your name there. Then God remembered you, and God listened to you, and opened up your spouse's womb. God opened up your womb. When I think about Manoah and, and his wife, which was Samson's mother, the Bible talks about that they was barren and had no children, but guess what happened? The angel of the Lord appeared to her, and she received a prophetic word, and she conceived and bear a son. So what I'm saying is, I'm reading different accounts. Why? Because I want your faith to be increased. Faith come by hearing, and, and hearing by the word of God. And then I I, I am reminded of Elkanah and Hannah, who birth Samuel. You know, um, what Hannah, she went to the temple. In First Samuel chapter 1, I want to encourage you to read that. I'm going to read a few verses from there. Then she, Hannah, made a vow and said, O oh Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Eli, the priest, said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way, and her face was no longer sad. See, I'm here to let you know, where you have been experiencing sadness, you are to get glad. Why? Because you will conceive. Verse 19, Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to the house Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remember her. Just like the Lord remember her, the Lord is going to remember you. So it came to pass, the Bible says, in the process of time, that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, "Because I have asked for him from the Lord." And then, I'm, and then my mind goes to Zacharias and Elizabeth. You know, you know the story that they were both righteous before God. They're walking all the commandments. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, they were blameless, but they had no child. Elizabeth was barren, but God grant them, granted them their request. You know, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, if I am the Lord, I change not. So I'm so glad, and I'm so blessed, you know, because these scriptures encourage me. And I trust what I read to say, encourage you that, you know what, God has no respect to a person. See, what took place in them, in their life, in this situation, was the covenant blessing. You know, because God spoke prophetically when he said, when he said in Genesis 1, he, when he blessed them, it said be fruitful. And, and guess what? It did not stop right there. That word is still powerful today. And I believe as we receive that word, God is still blessing. Why? Because? What he said in Psalms 89, verse 33 and 34, Nevertheless, my love kindness, I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant, God says, I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. You need to hang your hat on that scripture, Psalms 89. God said, I'm not going to take my word back. God said, oh, no, what I said, I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. And if God did that in the Old Testament, get to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So that's good news right there. You see, God is the covenanter, and you and I the a covenant team. Now, God is constant, and God changes not. You see, don't forget, we connected to Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29 says, and if you are Christ, and you are Abraham's seed and as according to the promise. You see, when you're not giving our life to Christ, we become in a covenant relationship with God. And now we can put ourselves in position to receive the blessing. You say, what is the blessing? Well, the blessing I'm talking about, when God said in Genesis 1, then God blessed them. And God said to be fruitful. See, we have the blessing inside of us and on us like they had the blessing on them. We have the blessing inside of us that will get this manifest outside of us and no situation can stop the blessing. The blessing has to do with the covenant. So the blessing is the covenant of God that overrides the curse. And we need to look at that in Deuteronomy chapter 28 when you see that when you walk in obedience, all these blessings. In disobedience starting with verse 15 and 16 about the curses. So the blessing is the covenant of God that overrides the curse. The blessing is the anointing or the enabling of God, which divine favor flows. The blessing is the power of God to produce. The blessing it is an empowerment of God that enable you and I, get this, to prosper in any situation. It's God's power on our life to succeed, to prosper, and to overcome. The blessing enable you and I. It's an empowerment that you and I can reign to be superior over fear, over lack, over unbelief, over doubt, over sickness. See, the blessing gives you and I the ability not only to reign but causes us to succeed in the area where God has assigned you not because of the degrees, and I thank God for education, and I have several degrees, but because of the blessing. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. You see, God, our creator, he made us, and he designed you and I to be fruitful. You see, God put inside of mankind everything that's needed to be fruitful. God put inside of you everything that you need to be fruitful for the Bible talks about in Jeremiah chapter 1, when God told Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you was born, I sanctified you. I made you a prophet to the nations. So we read, and we know from the scriptures, from the onset of creation, God initiated the covenant of fruitfulness to eradicate all forms of barrenness, especially of the body. You see, barrenness does not profit God. God does not get any glory of you being barren. See, God is not behind you being unfruitful. For the Bible says so in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, let God be true and every man a liar. And then in James 3, it says lie not against the truth. You see, the enemy, he is the father of lies. He's the prince of darkness. So what we need is light. What I'm giving you through these scriptures is light. See, light is needed for what purpose? So the enemy can lose his resistance and hold against you. Because when light comes, darkness must give way. Darkness can never resist the light. For example, when we go back to the beginning of Genesis chapter one, verse one through three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse two, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. So the earth was without form. Void and darkness now, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, so just think if you're in that situation of your impossibility. It could be dark. It could be dismal. You could be very depressed or discouraged. But that's not the end of your story. You're just living in verse 2. But you're not going to stop right there because you allow the Spirit of God to hover over you and hover over your situation. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God call for the light, and I'm saying today, call for the light. We're going to call for the light because we're made in God's image, and after his likeness, and we are told in Ephesians chapter 5, be an, imit- be an imitator of God. The Amplified says it like this, Therefore, be imitators of God, copy him, and follow his example, as well-beloved children imitate their father. And if you look back in Genesis chapter 1, you'll find a whole lot of, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. And guess what? What God said came to pass. So we're going to imitate God, and you start declaring, I am pregnant. I I shall have a baby. I I, I am a mother. I am a father. Why? Because you, you see in the scriptures what God promised. You know, remember, remember this recalling forth the solution, recalling forth the light. It was darkness, but God said, let there be light. John chapter 1, verse 5 says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Amplified Bible says it like this, and the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. So what you're going to do, we're going to call forth some light. When we're calling forth the light, we're calling about the word. Why? Because Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we're calling the word. We're calling those scriptures, right, that speaks to our relevant situation. we getting the word, the light of God in our heart, not, not just in our minds, in our heads, but in our hearts. Psalms one nineteen one thirty. 130 the interest of your word gives light; it gives understanding to the simple. Amplifies says the interest of the unfolding of your words give light, the unfolding give understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. And so, I believe, as we stand on the word, stand on the light of God's word, hold fast to His promise. And one promise I want to leave you with is found in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse fourteen. It says, "You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you. So, husband, you're not going to be barren. Wife, you're not going to be barren. There shall not be male or female barren among you, or among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you sickness, and will afflict you, you, and will not afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known." So we see here no sickness, no medical condition, no disease is strong enough to hold a covenant child from from you. You shall be fruitful. Fruitfulness is your covenant right. And I believe that the God that we serve, there's nothing too hard for God. In hope of eternal life, that God cannot lie promised before the world began. So, Father, in the name of Jesus I thank you for those who tuned in. I release my faith with theirs. God, I thank you for the miracle promise. God, where they was maybe start to waver in the faith, I thank you now, God, that you give, you, you're giving them a strong faith where they're gonna glorify you. If they're fully persuaded that what you have promised in your word, you're able to perform. God, I thank you and I look forward to hearing their testimonies. Look forward to hear how this message has blessed them. God, may you give a fresh grace and fresh strength. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.